If you want treasure, you're going to have to go look for it. Treasure is something that adds great value to our lives. Within the story of the birth of Jesus, there are some treasures we don't traditionally see or talk about. Join me this week as we go on a treasure hunt. I'm talking about some of those not so obvious treasures of the Christmas story. Hi, and welcome to the Raising Kids on Your Knees podcast. Raising Kids on Your Knees is a ministry dedicated to equipping you to pray and parent life into the lives of your children. I am your host, Tina Smith. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with me. My prayer for you is that your time here will help you grow in freedom and victory in Christ so that your prayers for your children are powerful and effective. some treasures I've found in the Christmas story that I haven't seen before. I don't know if it was just because I wasn't looking for them or I've gotten so wrapped up in the traditional stories, I've just missed them. They really aren't hard things. They are things like knowing that you're blessed by simply believing. It's understanding that God doesn't necessarily need our permission to do what he wants to do in and through our lives. Understanding that there is life in the womb with feelings and emotions is a part of the Christmas story. God extends his mercy to those of us who fear him in a healthy way. And we're going to wrap up the week talking about how God uses whomever he wants to in order to accomplish his purposes. This week, we will be praying for our children to understand all the treasures of Christmas, as well as unpacking them for ourselves in the daily devotions and the Raising Kids Together Zoom Room. You can find links to all of that at RaisingKidsOnYourKnees.org, and I will leave that link right here in the show notes for you. So let's get started talking about a few not-so-obvious treasures of the Christmas story. In Luke 145, it says this, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary simply believed that the Lord would do what he said he would do, and because she believed, she was blessed. We have a God who does exactly what he says he will do. The only thing that stands in the way of us believing that is us. Unbelief creeps into our thoughts through our past or leaning on our own understanding. Sometimes it's the voice of someone we look up to or simply our feelings. Belief isn't based on how I feel about it. The promises in the word of God aren't based on whether I think they are rational or logical. They are true because God says they are, period. I wrestled so much with unbelief when I was a new saint. It just didn't make sense that God would do what he says he would do when no one else in my life ever kept their word. Out of that unbelief, I became a very fearful person. And the natural result of fear is control. Control was my go-to. I had to control everything. It was exhausting. When I confessed my sins of control, fear, and unbelief, God set me free, and I was able to make the choice to believe all he says is true. It was a process to reprogram my brain. Don't get me wrong. The more I chose to believe God, the freer I have become. I noticed in this story that God doesn't need our permission to do what he wants to do. Look at Luke 1.35 with me. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Did you ever notice that God didn't ask Mary's permission to conceive, carry, give birth, and raise Jesus? 
Mary simply accepted what God said he was going to do in complete surrender to him. God doesn't ask our permission to do the work he wants to do in our lives. If you're anything like me, you're very good at fighting what God wants to do in your life. I remember being in that place and my best friend quoted Acts 26 verse 14 to me. She said, Tina, it is useless for you to fight against the will of God. That statement was a spiritual slap in the face that I needed to hear. When I stopped fighting the work of sanctification in my life, it was much less painful. Kicking against something will eventually cause you pain. Fighting God is a battle you're not going to win, but one you can make a little bit easier on yourself. Contrary to popular belief, the Christmas story confirms that there is life in the womb. When I heard your greeting, the baby in the womb jumped for joy. That's what Elizabeth said when Mary walked in the room. That's in Luke 144. We know in this verse that Elizabeth was in her sixth month of pregnancy. We can also see from this verse that her baby could hear, had emotion, and was physically able to exhibit that emotion. When I was about six months pregnant with my second child, I fell down a flight of stairs. I lived in a house that had a flight of stairs that came to a landing. You would turn and then go down another flight of stairs. One day while I was coming down that flight of stairs, I turned the corner on that landing and I slipped on the second step going down. And I rode my keister to the rest of the way down. It was a hard fall, and I thought for sure I had broken my water. I immediately called the doctor, and they instructed me to sit down and see if there was any more fluid that continued to leak and if the baby was active. I sat there for hours. My water didn't break, but the baby was so, so still. Eventually, she began to move, and all was well. After she was born, though, every time I carried her down that staircase, the minute I hit that second step that I fell on, she would draw herself up in my chest. She remembered, she reacted, and she felt it. Every time you're tempted to believe what the world does about unborn babies, stop and remember that babies have emotions and all their senses. They know what's going on. Luke 150 tells us that God's mercy is extended to those who fear him. This is what it says. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Fear of God gets a bad rap these days. In all honesty, anything that invokes fear is to be avoided, even God. Have you ever thought that the fear of God and his mercy go hand in hand? This guy in the Bible, Zechariah, made that connection. Here we see a man who couldn't talk because he questioned what God told him. He had a long time to think about his response to God. And immediately when he was asked what the baby's name would be, and he obediently said, John, he could talk again. Zechariah learned that fear of God and mercy go hand in hand. Fear of God means we understand that God is all powerful, sovereign, and the ultimate legitimate authority. The enemy has twisted fear to mean something it was never intended to, when it came to God, his lie is that he is all love and we have nothing to fear. The truth is he is all loving and he is the one who can cast our soul into hell. That is something to legitimately fear. The good news for parents, when we fear God, he shows mercy from generation to generation. Did you catch that? We begin blessing generations by having a healthy fear of God. And I want to wrap it up this week with this reality. God can use 
whoever he wants to accomplish his purposes. Luke 2, 1 shows us this. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. We all know that God uses other believers to accomplish his work. God can also use unbelievers to accomplish what he wants to in us as well. Caesar Augustus was already the most powerful man on earth, yet he wanted supreme power. What he didn't realize is that the supreme power of the universe was about to use him to fill the prophecy that the Messiah, the king, would be born in Bethlehem. Don't you love God's sense of irony in this? God can use anyone and anything he wants to fulfill his will in our lives. When I became a single parent, the Holy Spirit prompted me to contact a woman I had met about providing daycare for my two small children. She wasn't a believer, and I remember questioning God about that. He insisted, and so I did. This woman literally came alongside of me and my children and loved us and co-parented with me while I worked a full-time job as a single mom. She watched them for three years, and it was a wonderful relationship. All too often, we assume that God will accomplish what he wants in our lives through his body of believers. Sometimes that is simply not the case. We must understand that God can use whomever and whatever he wants to bless us. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. I hope your December is going well and that you're experiencing the joy of the birth of Jesus and all that means to us. I will honestly say that I have felt more spiritual battles this year than others. If you're struggling, I want to encourage you to go listen to the latest episode of Not All Heroes Wear Capes, a mom podcast. Betsy Pendergrass and I are sharing how we are walking in victory over the battles that are going on in our personal lives, and we're sharing some of that with you on that podcast. The podcast is available right here on this platform, and there's a link right here in the show notes. Let me pray for you today. Lord, thank you for my friend. Lord, I lift them up to you. May they seek for those treasures in the Christmas story. There's so many others than just these few things that I've shared here today. Lord, I want to thank you for all those treasures. In Jesus' name, amen. 